we have our roofs that are just packed down with guano. The, the row that's immediately right next to the ocean, the seagulls like to perch there because number one, they can see the fish, and number two, they can also see the beach. So if there's any uh, trash or food that people are eating, they can see both, both, um, both things at the same time. So they love to sit there on the roofs. So I got the name and number of that falconer and I hired him at Blue Lagoon. The falcon dive bombed, went after this, this dog and picked it up oh, no. by its, it was wearing a harness and it picked it up and it tried to take it but it was on a leash. So, so luckily the, the resident the was, was, was able to get her dog back. How do we tell the falcon, only stick to the seagulls, you know, not, not no the dogs. other little animals or rodents. Yeah. But, but you're here because you figured something we, out. We did, we yeah. figured something out. Otherwise this would be a That's disappointing why. episode. <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm here. So people can maybe hear this and skip all of that and go right to the, yeah. the successful so what technique. Worked? Most people are not equipped to understand the seemingly endless facets of an HOA. That's why we're here, to help you become uncommonly prepared to serve your HOA. Whether you're a board member or a manager, join us in the Uncommon Area. Welcome to the Uncommon Area. I am Matthew Holbrook, and I am joined today by Claudia Faison, the general manager for action at the Blue Lagoon. So welcome. Thank you. And uh, we are here to talk about seagulls today. And you have some personal experience with <laughs> seagulls in your association. So yes. um, before we get into this, I'd like to uh, just highlight that you have kind of an interesting upbringing in mm -hmm. your early years. Mm -hmm. um, where did you spend the early part of your life? I spent the early part of my life in Venice, Italy. So that is probably one of the more interesting cities in the whole world. And I just can't imagine what it'd be like to, to grow up in your early years there in, in, yeah. in Venice. I think, yeah, it's a, it's a city with no cars. Everybody right. knows it like that. And uh, you, you have to walk everywhere or take uh, taxi, uh, water taxis. Right. Super so, interesting. And you still have relatives and family that, that live do. there? I do. I had um, both sides of my family live there, both my dad's and my mom's, and all of my aunts, uncles, cousins. So growing up, um, that was my home. And also almost every other summer we would go and spend the entire summer there. So that's, oh. that's my childhood. Well, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I was in Venice not too long ago, and one of the things that I noticed is they have seagulls in <laughs> Italy, do, and in Venice in particular. <laughs> they do, too. And yeah. uh, they have followed you uh, <laughs> here to Blue Lagoon, right? Right, right. And so you've had some experience on how to deal with, with seagulls. Yes. Um, in particular, this is kind of a, a beach on the coast type of community that's going to generally mm -hmm. um, have to address this kind of an issue. Mm -hmm. So. Talk to us a little bit about what's the what's the concern with seagulls? Mm -hmm. um, what kind of problems might they create sure. in, in a homeowners association? Yeah. So when I first started managing the community about seven years ago, one of the biggest challenges that was presented to me is how do you resolve this, Claudia? We, we have our roofs that are just packed down with guano. The, the row that's immediately right next to the ocean, the seagulls like to perch there because number one, they can see the fish and number two, they can also see the beach. So if there's any uh, trash or food that people are eating, they can see both both um, both things at the same time. So they love to sit there on the roofs, and they just um, pollute it with. 
their guano and it literally gets caked on and it's very difficult to remove. It's an eyesore. It smells. You got feathers everywhere. Um, it's just a nuisance to have them around. Um, and so that's the, the, the longer you uh, leave that and don't address it, the more the problem accumulates. Very difficult. It's also very difficult to remove. You have to get roof cleaners to go up there and literally start scraping. And then that obviously impacts the, the integrity of the, of the roof itself. So yeah. it's a problem. It's actually, it's a yeah, problem. It's, a, it's a problem that probably <laughs> people don't, uh, don't consider very much. No. Yeah. So, um, so you were tasked with trying to address this mm -hmm. problem. Yes. Uh, and, um, what, what are maybe some of the, the first approaches that you took? How did you go about trying to address this at the very beginning? So when I first started there, they already had in place, they were trying a new technique and they, the board installed some sprinklers on the roof and they set them on a timer and every so often, I think it was every three minutes, the sprinklers would go off for maybe 30 seconds to try to scare them off and then they would shut off and it was like that all day long. The <laughs> problem with that is that seagulls are incredibly intelligent. I have such a respect for seagulls now. <laughs> and after a little while of this, they really just got used to that. And for them, that was more of like a refreshing mist and it didn't phase them at all anymore. Actually, would they leave and then come back or they would just sit there and endure it for at 30 At first seconds? they would sort of leave and then come back, but then over time, they didn't even leave. They just, they just knew that it wasn't a threat. So it became more of a problem because now this water is running off the roofs, taking some of that guano with it, and then going into the gutters and onto the streets and just creating more of so you're spreading the problem. a problem. So that didn't work. So then we had to get creative and try some other things, which we did. And were there, uh, were there any other uh, options that you pursued that were less than successful? Yes, um, so right next to Blue Lagoon is the Montage Resort. And I one day thought, what are they doing about the problem? Because they must have the same problem that we are. So I went over there and I talked to the engineer and I said, what are you guys doing about your bird situation? And he told us they had a falconer, they hired a falconer. So I got the name and number of that falconer and I hired him at Blue Lagoon. Okay, let's stop right here. Okay. Um, because um, we actually manage a few associations okay. that have used a falconer, but okay. we should probably define what that is. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so, so what is a falconer? So a falconer is a person that will come and bring a falcon and in this case, also a hawk, two different species. And, and they will fly these birds, and these are predatory birds, so they scare off the seagulls just by flying around. Okay. The seagulls are scared because they'll actually attack them and even maybe eat them. So uh, we hired him, and that was a lot of fun in the sense that <laughs> it was almost like being at SeaWorld. We would have crowds on the beach that would watch him because he would fling this... I don't, really know what it was. It was like a rope and it had something on the end of it, some sort of bait that the falcon, to get him back. So he would release the falcon, the falcon would fly around and then he would swing this thing and the falcon would grab it and then he'd pull the falcon back. Wow. It was like a show, Yeah. but it worked. It worked as long as he was there and he was flying the bird, it worked until one day he was flying the falcon and the falcon apparently got confused 
and we had a resident who was walking her dog, her oh, little no. Yorkie. Oh, no. And the falcon dive-bombed, went after this this dog and picked it up. Oh, no. By its, It was wearing a harness, and it picked it up, and it tried to take it. But it was on a leash. So, so luckily, the, the resident the was, was, was able to get her dog back. But she was very um, frightened. It, it was an incident that really frightened her. She, yeah, she thought she was going to lose her dog. So that day, she came to my office, and she was shaking and, and scared. And so we unfortunately had to terminate the services because we didn't know how, how do we, you know, how do we tell the falcon only stick to the seagulls, you know, not not no the dogs. other little animals or rodents. Yeah. So <clears throat> we had to terminate their services and start thinking again, what do we do? Because the board had already tried reflectors, owls, um, um, shock strips, I mean, sprinklers. I, sprinklers, you know, and, and the reflectors, I would get complaints from residents in the hills and other associations and they would call me and say hey you know the reflector is creating a glare and i'm not able to see the whales because i get this glare <laughs> so yeah. we couldn't do the reflectors and so we we were sitting there with what do we do so um so those were some of the more unsuccessful methods that we used but, but you're here because you figured something we, out we did we yeah. figured something otherwise out. this would be a That's disappointing episode <laughs> Exactly. That's what I'm here. So people can maybe hear this and skip all of that and go right to the, yeah. the successful so technique. Worked? Okay. So what worked is I hired a, a, a pest control company, told them about this problem. And actually he's the one that created this system. So simple. It's just a pole. It's poles and nylon wires, fishing line really. And he just puts these poles on the roofs and he attaches these lines all the way across. He puts a couple on the roof and i mean it's incredible the seagulls do not want to land on these roofs because they don't want to get trapped not not like they would get trapped because there's only a few we don't we don't have a grid system up there we just have a few maybe three um wires that go across each building it's affordable incredibly affordable and uh it's just it's been so successful. We started this maybe three years ago, and it's been night and day. Really? No no pollution, no guano, no feathers, no no odors. Is there any aesthetic impact that you get complaints about how it looks? You have to be um, careful, you know, because when the roofs go like this, and if you have a wire that goes straight across there, and you might have a win somebody their window might be right there, they might say something. But for the most part, the wire itself is transparent. It's just the poles, but the poles you can, you can tweak them to make them match your roof. You can paint the poles, and so you really, you really can't see them unless you know what you're looking for. You know okay. what you're looking for. You, you might be able to see them, but but they're not going to like stand out when you drive into the no. community and be like, oh, these people have these not strange poles and wires all over their, all. their roofs. And even if you could find it and see it, it's so much better than the guano. I mean, yeah. anyone will choose that over the over the guano. So the seagulls. Um, They've really um, kept their distance, but they are relentless. So they just go to the neighboring community. They just go up, up, up the, to the next association. Yeah. <laughs> I told Kevin, you're just going to work your way up the coast here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they do still try. The seagulls do still try. I mean, that is their breeding grounds, and they they've mentally mapped. It, it's so strange. 
generation upon generation, they remember where their nests were. It's incredible. And they still come back. Um, and so this year we had five nests, which is not too bad. We had five nests. And we actually go up there and we map out where our nests are. And then the following year, before the season starts, around now, we'll go up there and we'll start reinforcing those areas. We'll add more spikes or we'll um, put mesh around the solar panels so that they can't get under. Um, and so it's this, it's this battle, but they are so smart. So it's like, we have to think, okay, what are they gonna do next? And we have to do this like proactive, preemptive type of um, action in order to prevent them from um, nesting. So it's kind of fun yeah. because it's, it's, it's like I have to think like a bird. And honestly, I've, <laughs> I've developed such a respect for seagulls. So smart. So on this podcast, nobody has ever said that sentence. I have to think <laughs> like a bird, but it's like a battle of the wits with the, with the birds. I think like a bird. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's poles connected by a fishing line or yes. some type of transparent wire, yes. just a few lines of that on yeah. the roof and it does the trick. Does the trick. So, I mean, really you can skip all the other stuff and go straight to skip that. Skip the sprinklers, the reflectors, the falconer. The falconer, all uh, of, uh, yeah, the owls. Um, they, they become accustomed to all that very quickly. But this system, they haven't in three years so far. It's it's holding strong, and he's now um, Kevin with Zap Pest Control. He's now trying to find a way to even re to reinforce it even more. Um, so we're trying a couple different things. The, the the wires he's trying now are stainless steel wires that are coated in nylon. So that'll be interesting just to make them tougher. Um, the poles are marine grade, um, mm -hmm. so that they don't rust up there. But um, yeah. yeah. From a maintenance standpoint, does this create any any challenges you have to remember? Do you need to replace the wires every every season? Right. Or right. Anything like that? Yes. Um, when there's a storm, you know, a big rainstorm or a lot of wind, they do tend, you know, they can come loose off the poles and then they'll just kind of be hanging there. Usually they'll hang off and somebody will see this wire out their window and they'll call me and they'll say, hey, you know, and so he just goes and reaffixes reaffixes the the wire but now as he's um trying to reinforce the whole system altogether, it should kind of fix some of those issues just make it tighter and stronger that's great yeah well, good yeah well anything else that i haven't asked you about on this that i should be asking you um i don't think so i think um oh well i don't know if i mentioned but seagulls are federally protected Oh. So that's why this was so much of a challenge because you can't just go and capture them or kill them or um, poison them or anything like that. Somebody told me, why don't you just uh, put like a raccoon up there and, then <laughs> eat, you know, I said, I can't do that. Um, so that's the challenge. Is, so you um, have to deter them from coming. You can't actually do anything that's going to harm them. You can't harm them. Yeah. It's the uh, Migratory Bird Treaty Act is what um, is what they're protected under. And um, in Blue Lagoon, we have a lot of environmentalists there. And, uh, you know, they, they take th that very seriously. And I remember one time we were doing a roofing project and we had several bird nests up there and we had to stop the project once a nest has eggs in it you can't touch it right, right. you have to wait and it takes about three months for the for eggs to hatch and then for the birds to learn how to fly yeah. so the season starts in march 
that's when you have the scouters that start looking for where do we want to nest. And then April, May, they start um, they, uh, they, they start nesting and then the um, and then they start hatching in the summer, July, August. And then from August to through October, they're learning to fly. And it takes a few months for the babies to learn how to fly. So that's the season, March through August, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Well, great. Well, congratulations on solving the problem. <laughs> and uh, um, it sounds like that you came to a good solution. Yes. So yes. good for you and for your yeah. association. Thank so. you. Yeah. I know that's uh, an interesting subject, and I hope that is helpful for anyone who is managing or um, a board member with an association that has seagull um, issues, and uh, I, I hope that is helpful for you. So um, check out other episodes on the Uncommon Area, and uh, we look forward to bringing more information to you.